The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Congratulations, David, for going over the 200 program mark this week. Your show has gone from zero to more than four million hits per program per month. Well, if you're a corporate sponsor and would like to reach a loyal, upscale international audience, primarily in Europe and America, then you are missing the best advertising vehicle on the planet. In discussion with David Gibbons. For more information, go to David Gibbons' homepage and click on Contact Us. by Pat O'Brien, investigative journalist who has been working with us now for many weeks uh, looking at the terrible issues in both Haiti and the Gulf of Mexico uh, oil disaster. And I've also got uh, Esli Donto, who is the president of the Haitian Lawyers Leadership Network. Esli, Pat, welcome to you today. Good to be with you, David. Esli, could I start off with you? Um, I'm in California today, just so you know, on the road, trying to talk to people, see how people are standing over here in terms of their exposure to both the situation in Haiti and also the oil spill in the Gulf. Um, what are you currently up to, Esli? What is the uh, situation in Haiti today? Excuse me, on July 12th, we marked the sixth month anniversary since the January 12th earthquake. And so everyone really was looking at, in terms of the Haitian lawyer leadership, what sort of provisions for any relief. Has there been any relief to Haiti, and where has the money gone? Those were the questions that, that we, were, we were asking, and those are the questions that we've been answering with regards to interviews um, as of late. Um, and I'd like your audience to really know that... Um, Though there's a lot of information out there talking about the six months after the earthquake, and Mr. Clinton, who the audience might know, is the U.N. envoy to Haiti and also the head um, combined with uh, Mr. Bush of the Obama Haiti Bush Fund. He's also the, um, uh, the, the, the co-chair with the prime minister of Haiti of the Haiti Reconstruction Project and that reconstruction, Haiti reconstruction, is literally the entity that is now ruling Haiti. And um, so we see Mr. Uh, Clinton as the sort of Governor General of Haiti. And uh, in an interview uh, with uh, uh, Anderson, he basically said that um, things were going slow, but that um, there has been some improvements and that 
and he mentioned that they had uh, actually collected perhaps 10% of the 5.3 billion that was pledged uh, to, to to Haiti uh, right after the earthquake for relief. We are on the ground, and we can tell everyone listening that there are more Haitians homeless today and in trouble today. Perhaps, well, first of all, there's more Haitians homeless today than there were Haitians homeless the day of the earthquake. Well, on the program with us um, several months ago, Esalie, uh, you were giving us the statistics, the, the numbers of those that are confined to camps in Haiti, and we were talking somewhere in the region of one, one and a half million people in dire circumstances. Is that still the case today? It's still the case. Um, we're going as high as two million at the moment. The mainstream media is saying 1.5 that are homeless. They're still homeless uh, today. As I said, you know, it, it, it's as high as two million people. There are more people homeless than there was during the because a lot of folks whose houses had not fallen have become very terrified of going back into their houses because of the structural damages. So there's many more people on the streets. Um, there's, a, there's a recent um, uh, article today which basically says that the $1.2 billion that the United States itself had pledged to Haiti, zero of that money has, has, has been uh, approved by Congress and made available to Haiti. Can we talk about that for a moment? Can we talk about the donations that have been raised through the, the various agencies and discuss what it is that is stopping that funding from reaching Haiti, in your mind? Well, what, for instance, Red Cross has raised half a billion dollars, and they have said that what's stopping them is that they, they don't, they're looking for a plan. They're not going to spend it until later, until there's some sort of a plan that they can spend it on. Uh, today, what I hear a lot from the Americans and from the UN in terms of why they're not spending the money, they're saying that there's, there's a lot of rubble in the streets. They're waiting for the Haitian government to get rid of the rubble. Uh, they, they talk about the la that there's, um, perhaps uh, problems with respect to finding land so they can build houses. It, 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 it's all, in our opinion, total uh, junk because they have the money. The people need shelter. The people of Haiti right now are under the rains, under tarp, tent, and sheets. The United States, we think the problem started with the fact the United States militarized aid and spent most of the money that they've spent on 20,000 troops that didn't even remove the rubble from Haiti. Right now, only 2% of the rubble has, has been removed. So, so there's a lot of... So what did the, the U.S. Uh, uh, contingent do in Haiti? Uh, so that's one, that's one of, our, our, of our things that we want to point out. But, but mostly, it's always that these private organizations you, uh, raise money in the name of Haiti. And as I said before, I think the last time I was here, um, uh, they, they have no obligation to, 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 to use that money on behalf of the Haitian people. As a matter of fact, there's an accounting uh, report from some independent body who says that it's shocking, the lack of transparency 
of the private organizations like the Red Cross, Catholic Relief Services, World Vision, and so forth. Now, with respect to the pledges by the donors, the countries have actually made good on their pledges. They're certainly not the United States. has been um, Brazil uh, um, and I think Norway. Uh, in essence, like I said, less than 2% of the pledges has come in for Haiti. But this is par for the course. This is, this is not something that Haitians are not familiar with. This is what, what our poverty is about. What is the complexity or that, that juxtaposition between the, the donation organizations and the lack of delivery of funding into Haiti against the restructuring, rebuilding that former President Clinton is working on. Where are those inconsistencies? What are the conflicts there? Doesn't there appear to be uh, huge conflicts here as to where the leadership is, what exactly they're trying to achieve in the short term? Well, it's very easy for for nations to hold a, a nice champagne and dinner and come to the United Nations and and pledge money. It's much much harder in Haiti's experience for that for those monies to to, to be given out. So that's the first thing with regards to the pledging. There was a great big pledging session. The United States pledged one point two billion. Others pledged the total amount. For two years, I believe, was $5.3 billion in terms. This was all for reconstruction. This wasn't for the immediate relief. The immediate relief, folks were looking at the organizations like the private charitable organizations, uh, USAID, and some of the money that President uh, Obama had put out right after the earthquake. I think it was $100 million. Those were the monies that were going to go in for the first responders, which, which are medical, medical, medical help and search and rescue. So at this stage, we have the six-month centenary of this disaster in Haiti, and we don't appear to be seeing any formidable conclusions or progress with this funding. We have this um, other organization that is headed up by former President Clinton in restructuring. What are the complexities now given the situation in the Gulf of Mexico? Has that diverted focus away from Haiti yet again? I'm not sure if it has diverted focus from Haiti. I think that what happens with Haiti all the time is that there's a crisis. Thousands and thousands of, 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 of folks land on Haiti, and then after a couple of weeks, they go away. But they will come back again. For instance, they came back. Um, uh, this, is, this is intermittent for us. This is what happens continually. There will be a hurricane, and the same thing will happen. There's an earthquake. But with regards to the earthquake, they, they, they came, the, you know, the big organizations and the big news medias came back, um, you know, for, for July 12th, which marked the sixth anniversary, and they all came up with some reports with regards to what was going on. But the general consensus is that that only 2% of the rubble has, has been removed. The 20,000 uh, troops did not do anything with respect to, we know that they, the militarization of aid cost a lot of lives since it stopped some of the first responders from landing. We know that the military didn't um, um, help remove rubble. We know that there are now... There are programs, for instance, like cash for work programs, where folks are giving X amount of dollars a day, but they're actually removing rubble with their hands and 
kicks in acts. There's no bulldozers or big equipment. So in essence, it's all a failure, but it's not something that we did not expect, which is why we always are saying to citizens of the world who came out and put their money out here, and they did. They put their money, and they gave it to the Red Cross. They gave it to where Obama told them to give it. Now the Red Cross is basically saying, yes, I know that the folks are living under tents, charts, and sheets, which are now six months on, totally destroyed by mud, heavy rains, filth, and so forth. Uh, but we're, 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 we're waiting for something. We're waiting for later, for some sort of reconstruction uh, permission. I, we have no idea, but we do know that they make they, they make the interest as they wait. The people die. With respect to the Gulf um, uh, issue and how that dovetails into Haiti, you know, Haitian Lloyd's leadership has been saying since the very beginning of the Bush regime change in 2004 that it wasn't about Haitian rights, just like the 20,000 militarization of troops at the time of the earthquake wasn't about trying to help Haitians. I mean, we have videos showing Haitians being brutally hurt, uh, uh, kicked, and beaten while U.S. Marines just kind of just walk by and, and, and watch uh, police forces uh, and, and the U.N. Um, do, do, do these things. So we know it's not about Haitian, Haitian, Haitian human rights. And we've always said at the Haitian lawyers leadership that, that in the, the Gulf and in the Caribbean, there is a great cachet of oil. Obviously, there's information out there that Cuba has a load of oil that it's it's actually documented, and we know what Haiti's oil is. Our, our website talks about it. Um, so recently, actually, a um, a website put out an article talking about the 7,000 troops that had just landed in Costa Rica, and then there were some troops that just landed in Jamaica. And then we were we were putting all that together with regards to troops in Haiti. But because from the earthquake, the amount that it has gone up from 10,000 to 14,000 or more. What is this suggesting, the amount of troops that are being planted into these countries? Well, this is what the issues that we're discussing at the moment. Um, the Caribbean oil, the, the, the exploitation of, uh, between Jamaica, Cuba, and Haiti, there's a great cachet there. Now, that this dovetails into this idea of, of, of um, what the drilling of BP may have done to perhaps fracture the, the fault zones. As you know, in this area, we have, you know, four different sort of continents just meeting, um, and there's, there's fracture zones. And, and so six months before the earthquake, uh, uh, BP was was drilling at a at a at a at a thirty five thousand feet, and something happened. We know that something happened. We don't know. They haven't told us what happened. But but um, it, our question is and has always been since the coup d'état in Haiti, there have been indiscriminate mining and drilling. Uh, for us, it's been mining and drilling for gold. We know definitely they're mining and, and drilling for gold. And, excuse me. Um, and with regards to to oil. We wonder about that because um, they, the, the Haitian uh, Ministry of Mines have always said they're not drilling for oil. But, um, for instance, in Jamaica, 
with regards to this article, they were talking about how Jamaica, the geological mining department, had gone into uh, uh, some sort of conference with the United States uh, talking about its findings, its recent findings, its geological uh, evidence of oil. And right after that, there there was a militarization of 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 uh, Jamaica recently in May 2010, and the conjecture is just like the militarization of Costa Rica, where 7,000 U.S. troops have gone into Costa Rica, and they're saying it's for drug enforcement, but the Russian uh, intelligence agencies is saying that it is because the drilling in the in the Gulf has destabilized the fracture zones in all areas of the South. And so the military, the American military, is, is making its presence known in these areas uh, for purposes of, of, of U.S. business and protection. Esri, before I turn to Pat, just very briefly for our listeners, because this is very important, what are the fatality statistics today in Haiti? What are the main diseases and are those statistics critically increasing uh, over time? More than 300,000 people perished in um, less than 33 seconds on January 12, 2010. There are more than uh, 3,000. Actually, the, the, the highest number is 500,000 that were injured. Of those 500,000 that are injured, I have seen statistics between 4,000 to 10,000 have been amputated. The issues in terms of medical issues um, are, are continue to be the same thing with regards to Haiti even before the earthquake, other than the, the amputations, which are new for us. Um, but um, for tropical countries, it's, it's tuberculosis, malaria, Oh, I forgot the other one. That's I'm really more interested in the status today, six right. months later, as to whether there is any improvement of any kind in terms of disease, in terms of the fatality. Well, there has been a, a, an improvement with regards to um, before. Uh, I mean, doing doing this last six months, there's been a lot of doctors going into Haiti, and so Haitians have gotten more medical help than they've had before, um, and that's very, very, very true. Um, it, it's it's not continuing. They don't have uh, the good thing is that they don't have to pay for things the way they had to pay before. But this is all dwindling. But but I have to say that in the first two, three, you know, months of of the earthquake, there was free medical care. People didn't really have to pay for it the way they did before the earthquake, um, and, and so that's going on. But what's what what's changing at the moment? And, and there were, you know, some some, you know, people got tents and charts and so forth. But now, um, the food aid has has stopped. The Haitian government, on the request of the Haitian businessmen who feel that they they are losing a lot of business, is about to stop the free water aid that was giving, you know, water to people. So those things are about to stop, the, the food aid, the water, and um, but we still have, like I said, a, a, a better, uh, relatively better in terms of uh, medical. There hasn't been an outbreak, for instance, of any sort of diseases, mass diseases, but, you know, we are in the, in the, in the um, season of hurricane and there are heavy rains 
And um, this morning when I spoke to folks, you know, they're, you know, they're in mud. The, the, the um, tents and the tarps and so forth, a lot of them has, have, have fallen down. And so, and so it, it, it's a matter of all really being homeless. Let me turn to Pat uh, O'Brien, if I may. Pat, this complexity between restructuring, bringing in former President Clinton into Haiti to bring in... Um, probably U.S. companies to rebuild versus this total lack of movement in actually helping the people through these donations. What are you gaining from this? What is your visibility of this? Why is there such a hesitation here? Well, there's a number of different reasons, uh, David and Esley. You know, David, we have been running, our investigative team has been looking at both Things in both events, the Haiti earthquake and the BP oil spill. We've been looking at those in tandem as we've been um, traveling through the many shows now that I've done with you. One of the things that has happened, um, the international uh, government, as as we had pointed out, had pledged $10 billion. What we had found out, the range uh, you had mentioned, I believe, about 10 to 12 percent, uh, we're running 2 to 12 percent. Uh, somewhere in that neighborhood is money delivered out of the international governments, out of $10 billion. Now, we knew that they were going to hold $5 billion of that back for later time and actually rebuilding of Haiti. And she is very correct in the, I believe it was a million point two that the U.S. government had promised has not been voted on. And we have people in Congress now that are watching on this, has not been brought up for vote even though the Obama administration pledged it up front, it has not come for a vote, and this is a long time afterwards. The American Red Cross, we have tracked their numbers, and the best numbers that we have on that, that $460 million was raised from the, from the start of the earthquake event, and they're saying, and uh, we have a collaboration of a number that it's, um, they're saying 32% has already been spent. The numbers that we're having is more like 12% or less that's been spent by the American Red Cross. And this is after checking many different sources on this. Let me ask you, if I may, the same question that I posed to Esley. What are the complications now in terms of focus? Now we have this situation in the Gulf of Mexico. Do you think that that has further complicated the scenario in terms of simply getting food and shelter into the people's hands in Haiti? Do you think now that the world is looking at something else and really has left behind the plight of those in Haiti? Let me just stay with the numbers just for a minute longer. The Clinton-Bush Fund raised $45 million. They spent less than 9% of that fund. The William J. Clinton Fund promised $16 million. They claim they've spent about 62% of it. We are seeing that there is a definite uh, gold rush going on in Haiti in the purchase of land. We're seeing that same purchase in oil. Here's my best guess. That corrective product, that's not being mentioned in the main media to any extent, and it's extremely poisonous when it's with oil. We've had experts on. Dr. Susan Shaw was on just uh, Wednesday talking about the seriousness of that combination of products. There is also, in Haiti, we have uh, uh, tracked down 
10 warehouses that we know, and of course, you know, we have people on the ground in Haiti. There's 10 warehouses filled to the brim. They are, um, they are a, a football field size warehouses close to the airport that are just filled with supplies, beans and rice and all kinds of supplies, uh, canned goods that are just being warehoused and aren't getting to the people just miles away. We know that to be a fact. It seems as if the money that was raised, for example, on the, the uh, television programs, the Haiti Now, which were the, the many television telethons that were put together, that money, less than half of it is getting into uh, Haiti. The food supplies are there. All they have to do is distribute them. But it appears that there are forces that don't want that to happen, that for some reason they'd rather have these people and we have people daily dying in Haiti that they'd rather have them somehow die and, and, and uh, not take care of them because it is the oil and the gold that's available on that island are more important than the people. Let me come back in there, if I may. Isalie, do you, obviously, if we look back in history, we know that countries in the past, whether it's Ecuador, Afghanistan, have been full or rich in natural resources, and we have seen the way that America and other countries have explored and walked into these countries and mined, and in many ways, looking back at social history, we can actually see a decay in the social structure of those countries. In your mind, looking at Haiti with your experience, would you say that that is a similar case to Haiti now that is taking place? Yes, well, I think that, you know, I agree with what Pat was saying just now. I think that it, it's hard to say this because it, it's hard to look at this and say, you know, our rulers, those who, who we, we, we vote for, uh, are evil. But there is no explanation for there not being bulldozers and tractors and heavy equipment to get rid of rubble in Haiti, with, especially at after all the money that people have put into it. There's no explanation for Clinton to say, I'm trying to get this money from the donor countries, but they're having economic problems and they're holding on to their money as, as, as long as possible. But, but those are the reasons that they're using to say what's going on, in addition to the, to the regular reason, which is, you know, well, you know, Haiti has a weak government and Haiti is corrupt and, 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 and you know, we're, we're, we're being very cautious. People are dying. Red Cross has almost five, you know, half a million dollars, uh, yeah, $500,000, and it, it has spent, you know, to, in our figures, you know, less than 20% of it. So six months on, there is evidence, and there has always been evidence, that the United States thinks of the Caribbean and Latin America as its backyard as the place where it just can get whatever resources that we own, and it's theirs. And, and that's, you know, from the Monroe Doctrine up until today, and I, I, I think that they've been doing that in, in the Middle East, but right now the Middle East is harder for them. So this cache of oil, this, you know, deep, deep, deep sea drilling, is something that, you know, they're militarizing this arena, this Western Hemisphere, for, and, and, and I think, folks, I really believe that this is a, a new paradigm for our balance of power, post-World War II history, and I can see it because of my work 
um, since 2004 in Haiti with the UN. The UN does nothing but the the, the bidding of the five veto powers, uh, post World War II powers, and those powers those powers are right now in a fight for resources. So you have China, you have Russia, and Cuba. So you so so if you have China and Russia and Cuba, the United States, of course, is going to go to Haiti and 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 and, and, and Jamaica. I mean, we have to look at those things. The people, as 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 Pat says, are just collateral. It would be great for them to just not be there. Going back to a prior statement in the program, you had indicated that former President Clinton was the envoy and he was looking at rebuilding. How easy is it for him and the organizations behind him to turn their focus for a short while from that restructuring to primarily ensuring that the people of Haiti are rescued from this dilemma. How easy would that be, and where would that paradigm start from, do you think? Clinton has so many roles in Haiti. Um, I don't think he knows in his head whether he's, he's working for the U.N. or he's working for the Clinton Global Initiative or whether he's working for the Haiti Reconstruction Com- uh, Commission. He's under all three. I think he's under four. The other one is the, uh, uh, Clinton Bush. So he has four roles in Haiti. I can only tell you what the facts are. When he became U.N. envoy to Haiti, uh, his job supposedly was for him to push for, for donors to, to, to meet their pledges, and that was before the earthquake. That was during the first the hurricane of 2008. This time, with regards to their Haiti earthquake fund, he's basically saying that, you know, he's going to call all the governments, he thinks they all have any economic trouble, and he's going to push them for the money to come in as, as soon as possible. That's in terms of his Haiti reconstruction pledge role. In terms of the U.N., since the earthquake, President, uh, former President Clinton has asked for money so that he can run his office in the U.N. as special envoy. And he's, they've increased the budget of the U.N. by $800,000 to meet whatever his needs are, which, you know, we don't know. The Haitian people don't know. But that, and, and, and we know that since the, the, the earthquake, the level of troops in Haiti and police force and so forth have gone from 10,000, excuse me, 9,000 to 14,000, and the budget has gone from 600 million per year to 710 million per year. So, you know, security is, 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 is their thing. Uh, the big problem is this with regards to Haiti. It's racism. It's um, this colonial narrative, and I'm going to be specific and say, that the large NGOs, including all these organizations that Mr. Clinton is in, they have this process where they have these red zones, green zones, yellow zones. In Haiti, the red zones are where the most pop- are the most populous areas and the poorest areas, like Cité Soleil, Bel Air, and so forth. They don't go into those areas without a military a military escort. They don't go into those areas and and provide aid. And so that's one of the reasons why you have so many people without aid. And also because folks must understand, and you must understand that financial uh, help and aid is always tied into U.S. political interests and the political interests of the, pe- of the countries that are giving it. So, so in, in terms of the United States, 
they do not like President Aristide. They do not like the, the Haitian masses who have called since the very beginning of this coup d'etat, Bush regime change, for an end to the occupation. So, yes, there is a deliberate effort not to feed those people. Let me turn to Pat O'Brien for a minute. Pat, you're over in Florida. Is there still real exposure out there to the Haitian ordeal, or has it turned to the position in the Gulf of Mexico, or are people unaware of it because the media is not discussing it? Well, the anniversary was last Monday of the six-month what's going on in Haiti uh, since the earthquake. So there was some media coverage there, but there hadn't been a peep since the Gulf oil spill started up until Monday of last week. Now they've done a number of different specials. CNN's done them. Some of the local Florida reporters have gone back to see what it is six months later. And to me, the, the CNN report and some of the reports that I've seen local is things are coming along. They're coming along slowly. But the real in fact from people that we have on the ground, that's not the case. And there's also a thing with new supplies that are going in. All of a sudden, a tax of 20% popped up at the ports. Do you know anything about that, Esley? Actually, no, I don't know. I, I, I do know there's a lot of problems with getting things out of the ports. Could I ask you, Esley, as far as relief workers down there now, whether they're relief workers from NGOs or from the UN or from private enterprise in the United States, have they decreased now? Are there still tangible evidence of relief workers, agencies in that in those camps in Haiti? Yes, yes, but it's a difference than when the earthquake first happened. When the fir- earthquake first happened, um, you know, there were more doctors coming in. It was about it, it was about saving lives immediately, and it was about search and rescue. So that phase is gone. The, 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 this phase right now, I would say in the last two months, has, has really been about, you know, trying to provide some sort of, of shelter for the folks and to continue to, to give them food food and, 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 and maybe start, like I said, the, the, the job programs. Because uh, a lot, you see, one of the differences between what um, Pat is saying and what I'm saying, um, it's, it's sort of my perspective because all I do is Haiti. So I have absolutely no idea what other people are doing in terms of the the, the, the mainstream media. Uh, you know, we have programs in Haiti. Uh, we work with relief. You know, we started out with um, uh, working with the Haitian doctors. There are there's an organization of Haitian doctors of 3,000 Haitian doctors. We were going back and forth to Haiti in the first two months, and then what happened with us is that it. The, 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 the NGOs and USAID, everything, they started having a system. And within that system, it was very difficult for the Haitian doctors to participate. And we found that the doctors in Haiti, that the Haitian doctors in Haiti were going bankrupt. And so it became our, our work to, instead of the Haitian doctors here going down to Haiti, um, the Haitian doctors here were financing the Haitian doctors in Haiti so that they could they could provide free clinic and still be able to feed their families. So I, I deal every day with issues of, of, of you know, the relief work that I'm doing. Um, I, I don't really look up and see, you know, who's, who's 
you know, covering Haiti, I do know that, that there, I, I've seen a lot of um, uh, coverage of Haiti since uh, on, on, Jan, excuse me, on July because of the six months. But for us, We've had to deal with the colonization of Haiti's seeds, the fact that Clinton said that he, you know, one of the, one, one of the earthquake relief programs was that, you know, uh, you know, Haiti has about six million, uh, between four to six million farmers, depending on whose, whose statistics you're looking at. Small farms, that's what we are. It's a country of 10 million people. Most of them live outside Port-au-Prince, and, and, and they're small farmers. They farm their lands and, 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 and whatever they, they don't eat for themselves, they sell in exchange for goods. Now, now, as earthquake relief, Mr. Clinton, who, was ta- who, who, who apologized uh, at the beginning here, uh, like in January sometime, for the United States free trade policies destroying Haitian agriculture um, by dumping Miami rice into Haiti that, 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 that made Haitian rice um, uh, disappear because it, it was more expensive to buy Haitian rice than, than it was to buy the, the dump subsidized American rice. You know, he apologized, but yet, Mr. Clinton, with Miss. Mrs. Clinton, uh, who head of the State Department over there, um, uh, has d- decided. I know I, I may have said this before to 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 to, to um, give us a gift, a Monsanto gift of hybrid seeds. I mean, this is a country with deforestation, for, uh, no irrigation, and not in, we don't have industrialized farmers. So we at the Haitian Lawyers Federation have, have spent the last you know four months. You know, um, 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 dealing with this issue, working with the Haitian farmers who were burning the Monsanto seeds and who were basically saying to, to the United States, this big Goliath, um, um, that, um, you know, this is not relief for us. This is destroying the farmers. This is going to indebt and put us further in debt. It can't be relief when these hybrid seeds are patented, licensed property of Monsanto's, and they can't be re 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 um, what's that word replanted and have to be repurchased. And in addition, you have to use Monsanto fertilizers. And and these are the things that the monies that are being used are being used for to purchase American products that pharmaceuticals and agribusiness are looking for a market for. Let me go back to a statement you had made before, though. You had indicated that the charities clearly had not released funds, and you had stated that they were simply making interest on these funds. What is it about the system, about a democracy that we have now in this country, that it can allow that to continue at some stage. Is there not a separate party that needs to come in, examine this, uh, and take the, the power away from certain organizations, political affiliations, to ensure that these funds are immediately released? How do you think that that could come about? Where would the pressure come from? It has to come from us, from what you're doing. Um, we you know we have to tell our constituents, the folks. We have to raise consciousness to know that, you know, when 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 the Red Cross raises money, it doesn't have it, um, any uh, uh, responsibility to use the money for what it said it was going to raise it for. There's a recent report from um, 
DAP, uh, an organization called DAP. I, 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 I forgot exactly what that stands for, but it's, it's, it's a report on the NGO accountability in Haiti. And it's, it, okay, they stand for Disaster Accountability Project. And they just slam the NGOs and say they, there's a shocking lack of trans, transparency, that they violate public trust when they, they have so much cash on their hands that could help alleviate the suffering of the homeless. And, 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 and poor people in Haiti, but um, they're not using it. It's the rainy season. The, 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 the camps in the city is 1,300 camps in, in Haiti right now. Uh, it's just sweltering ovens and uh, filled heavy rain and, and so forth. So what what is there to do? There is no... These are private corporations. Um, 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 you can't go to those private corporations and tell them what to do because... It's not like it's a public corporation. There are shareholders. I think there has to be an understanding of what the NGO industry is about. That's number one. Number two, we have to have our various uh, 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 representatives um, um, somehow figure out a way for these organizations, Catholic Relief Services, these private organizations, to have some sort of public accountability. When they go, when Obama goes on TV and says, give your money to the Red Cross, Obama should have some accountability that Red Cross is going to use that money for Haiti. Exactly. That's the problem. These NGOs are not accountable. I've been investigating these since 1970, and I've gone through this um, whole bizarre uh, investigation of uh, people like Red Cross, United Way. They are not accountable, and nor will they be accountable, uh, nor can the government make them accountable. And I've talked to uh, a number of congressmen on both the right and left side of the aisle, senators on the right and left side of the aisle, they don't want to get into that private business uh, of what these NGOs are doing with the money. And people give, uh, and they give out of their heart. This is the most giving nation on the planet, America. And they, again, like she mentioned, Obama mentioned straight up, give to the Red Cross. Well, wait a minute. If, in fact, they're not accountable, why are we giving to the Red Cross? Why not be giving to organizations that do do disclosure on the amount of money that they spend? And that is a key issue. There's another thing that makes these two stories run parallel, BP and the, um, uh, and the Haitian story. <clears throat> right now, uh, it, uh, this poll just came out um, literally day before yesterday, and it was put out by Clinton's person who did ran his campaign, and his name will come to me in a second, everybody is probably thinking about it, he ran a poll just recently to find out whether or not the public thought that Obama was a socialist. Fifty-five percent in that report uh, said, yes, in fact, he is a socialist. Well, that's one word away from communist. Now, it would seem to me that what the Clinton administration is doing, uh, and I mean that is the Clinton administration, because Hillary is Secretary of State, but she's already gearing up as if she's going to run for president in 2012. And these two stories are running parallel. It's as if the Clinton administration, Clinton family, if you will, is trying to take down the Obama administration right now. And it, it, this is all politics. Haiti and the BP oil spill are all politics, and it's a—it's nothing more than a struggle for power. Could I ask both of you in the closing minutes? 
Do you think that there is an irony, and I'll start with you, Pat, an irony that there are so many people in dire circumstances in Haiti, and now we are seeing the irony of so many people in dire circumstances in states like Louisiana, Alabama, and and even possibly in the future Florida. Uh, What is that saying, do you think, Pat O'Brien, about a reciprocal effect, uh, uh, you know, what is occurring in Haiti has been really bypassed, and yet now we have the same situation in the States. What do you think that tells us about the state of the country, the, the state of what we would have referred to as the Republic when the Founding Fathers really established the, the merits of this country? What, what do you think it's saying now that we're seeing so many people in such a dilemma in both areas? that it's man-made. That's my first statement. I will go on record and say that it's absolutely man-made, and it's literally about the power and money. Our Constitution, the way it is supposed to read and the way it's supposed to be enforced is not being enforced with the Arizona people coming over the border in Arizona. We've got our government suing a state. We've got the ADBP oil uh, problem with... uh, We know for in fact that People very high up in Goldman Sachs, who was uh, the biggest stockholder of BP, sold their stock about the same time as Lee had referred to the Haiti problem. Six months prior to, they sold their majority, 42% of their stock, right then and there, at the time that Haiti became an earthquake. They knew then, and I say they. The big money world knew then what they had started, what they had done, and they sold their stock up. We can prove that Obama sold his stock through Vanguard. Now we have done the investigation and can prove that the president made large sums of money, over $80 million, at the time that that Deepwater Horizon rig went down. We can prove that the Tony Hayward of BP sold 33% of his stock six months prior to the Deepwater Horizon. I am telling you that it's all connected. And you can go to a, a company called Petrogas. If I was going to make money right now and had the money to spend, I'd be investing in Petrogas because you will see in the very near future where the BP assets wind up being Petrogas. You will also see that Exxon is making a play uh, for parts of BP right now. Right now, this week, it's happening. It's going down right now, but it's not going to be successful. Exxon, BP, our government is all involved, and we can prove it. So what I'm saying is connect the dots. It's all over the Internet, but it's not mainstream media. And Haiti has been out there just left to dangle. Ezali Santo, in the last two minutes of the program, what would your response be to that, that we are seeing so many people now in, in such a dilemma, both in Haiti and on the mainland of America? I agree with everything that Pat just said. It's our inter- interconnectedness that is somehow um, ignored by those few out here who run this world. Um, and, and so when, when, you, when you, you know, this week, for instance, we were dealing with um, Ravish Shah, who is the head of USAID, who went to Haiti for the first time since he was appointed as, as, as um, Obama's head of the United States Agency for International Development. And there's a sort of a revolving door with this man 
because not only is he the, the, the head of the United States Agency for International Development, but he has a, 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 a career where he was connected to Monsanto, the agribusiness right now who is giving Haiti these, these gifts, uh, uh, these sort of poisonous gifts. He has a connection with, you know, the EPA, the USDA. It's like these major corporations infiltrate American companies uh, American um, 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 government, and then they, they they make laws that benefit those American governments. So now you have all of these deregulation, and so you can have a situation like the Gulf Gulf situation, where there's nobody can take accountability because you know during the Bush and the Reagan and so forth or administrations, you know all all regulation was gone. What 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 is not taken into account? is that, you know, we need the trees in order to breathe. We need the oceans. We need the fish. We have a life cycle. And when you take that life cycle and you destroy it, you're not just going to hurt the, the, the fault line in Haiti and destroy 300,000 people. You're going to destroy people in Louisiana. You're going to destroy people in uh, uh, the place that you just mentioned. I forgot exactly. Um, um, but, but, but we're all connected. And this was the premise of my, my question, is that... We're certainly seeing people in America now being as heavily affected as people in Haiti. Right. About 30 seconds here. Sorry to uh, restrict you, no Ezali, no but in, in that 30 seconds, if everybody is becoming affected by this, and at the end of the day, it could be the politics becomes a moot point. It is more about people um, arming themselves with information, educating themselves to help each other. What would your final message be for that at this stage? I mean, that is what we say at the Haitian Lay Leadership. Each one, each one, and, and we reach people to people. We don't go to governments. We, we reach people to people, and we say, here's what's happening to the people of Haiti. Um, and it's the same, as you say, that's happening to the, to the people in America, and just in different levels and different ways. But we all are feeling this idea that the change that was supposed to come, for instance, with Obama, is the same thing as you know, what we had under Clinton and Bush. Esley Donto, uh, Pat O'Brien, thank you for joining me uh, on In Discussion today. I do appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you, and uh, to our uh, listeners today, hope that you have enjoyed this program as much as I have. I am myself on the road in California, gauging the feelings and thoughts of people in California in regards to both of these situations to see where people stand. And I will be returning back to the studio next week with information on that. Uh, meanwhile, you can gain information on this and any other program in the series at davidgibbons.org, wherever you are in this world. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. David Gibbons in Discussion welcomes listeners' comments and viewpoints at its blog at davidgibbons.org. This programming is supported by organizations and firms in the private and public sectors. Can you imagine your message reaching an international audience with over 4 million impressions per month per program on the most influential radio show on the Internet? And have a link to your corporate website on the homepage. That's what you get when you are on In Discussion with David Gibbons. Not only that, but David's audience gets to hear about your corporation each quarter. For more information, go to David Gibbons' homepage and click on Contact Us. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. 
For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 